It's 11.30 here at KRVN on this Tuesday, August 31st. Tyler Cavalli along with you. It is time for Midday once again. Glad to be a part of your day wherever you may be listening. Got a loaded show once again. Jason Jorgensen will be in with sports. Uh, another busy, busy week of high school athletic coverage. UNK kicks off a brand new football season on Thursday. And of course, another loaded week of Husker athletics. Bob will tell us how stocks are performing so far here on this Tuesday. And then, of course, coming up in about 15 minutes or so, Paul Perkins will step in and tell us what kind of weather we can expect for the rest of this week and obviously recap the amount of rain that we got on the eastern side of the state. Four inches in some areas near Fremont and in the West Point areas. A lot, a lot of rain in those regions. But let's head to the uh, State Fair and get caught up with our own Susan Littlefield. And Susan, how are things going there in Grand Island? It's another busy day here. We've got some actually thunder happening right now as we speak. And talk rain, we got an inch and a half at our place, and mm. our dry creek bed is running heavy. Mm. So we know there's some, some rains and, and water moving through. So might get some rain showers here at the State Fair, but you know there's plenty to do indoors as the Dairy Goat Show is underway. Um, they're getting ready to have a boar goat show this afternoon, cattle are coming in, so lots to do here at the fair. Looking at the radar, it appears it's just a tiny little cell, and it should move out of the area. But yeah, if you're heading to the state fair in the near future, maybe bring that rain jacket. Otherwise, should shape up to be a pretty solid day on Tuesday. But what do you have, you for, what do you have for us coming up on midday today? We'll kick it off here at 1219 as we continue with AARP as they talk about scams. Today's focus is Medicare scams. And I spoke with Alice, uh, excuse me, Alicia Jones. She's the director of Nebraska SHIP, which is Senior Health Insurance Programs within the Nebraska Department of Insurance. We talk about those Medicare scams and how creative these folks are getting. Then at 1245, Congressman Adrian Smith stopped by our booth at the Nebraska State Fair yesterday evening. So he and I sat down to talk about agriculture and world happenings and what's coming out of Washington, D.C. And Chabella wraps up everything at 117 with Dan and Clarissa Feldman. They're owners of Settling D Ranch in Litchfield, talking ranch marketing and building consumer confidence. So that'll be a midday from us from the State Fair. All right. Thank you very much, Susan. Enjoy the State Fair. Uh, stay dry out there. We'll talk to you later. All right. Sounds good. Thank you. All right, let's catch up with our own Jason Jorgensen and uh, Huskers will be donning some new uniforms. Yeah, they finally released the alternate uniforms. There was a rub dust up about this couple weeks back uh, when the media wanted to get their hands on the information. And the university said, no, we're embargoing this until, you know, when we want to announce this. But those are out there. You can find those on social media. Mm. They're white. Yeah. Huskers will be wearing white for a home game. That will be a little different. I am now just seeing these here on Twitter in particular. Uh, they are a little different. They're not, they're not the worst uniforms ever. They're okay. They're a little bland, but they're, they're okay. And most importantly, we can read the numbers. That is the biggest thing. Anyone who's going to be there calling the game or covering the game. <laughs> no, so, these, these will be interesting. They're, they're fine. And they're for 9-11, like you mentioned before, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Yeah, for the Buffalo game. Okay, Very good. Uh, quickly, Bob, how are the stocks looking? Stocks are uh, mixed right now in... Uh, Kind of quiet trading. Also, uh, consumer confidence fell a little bit in August. Those are some of the stories we're watching. I bet. It's time for regional ag weather update. Paul Perkins is now joining us here in the studio. And 
Well, if you were out east last night or early this morning, it was a soaker of rain showers and storms that rolled through. Yeah, some very heavy rain from about northeast Nebraska to right around the Omaha area. Many locations at least three to four inches. Mm. Some of the heavier totals mm. that we saw included 4.85 inches in Pierce and 5.35 inches was the biggest I found in Herman, which is just to the north of Omaha. Uh, just receiving a report now of four and three quarters of an inch of rain just to the south of West Point uh, with that system moving through. But all of the rain has departed eastern areas of Nebraska. We do have a few spotty showers right now in south-central Nebraska, southeast of Grand Island towards the Harvard and Clay Center area, and also a little bit of light rain to the east of Byron, and looks like a pretty good thunderstorm cell, very isolated towards Belleville and Cuba, Kansas. It's a lot of rain right now, especially for this time of year, and you know near the crops. And farmers are saying, "Listen, we're, we're done irrigating, and <laughs> yeah, it's we're time to dry out. <laughs> we need you to cooperate now." And uh, she's not doing so, especially on the eastern side of the state. That's a lot. Uh, it's going to take a while for that that rain to soak in now. Yes, and more rain is expected mm. as we head towards mm. uh, Thursday into Thursday night with a pretty good chance of a system moving through that maybe could bring in some heavy rain thanks to some tropical moisture with it. Just what they want to hear. <laughs> yeah. Some of the western areas and central areas probably could take <laughs> it. But, yeah, eastern areas probably not in the mood for too much rain. Well, otherwise, today, Paul, it's going to be a little bit of a, a cooler day compared to what we saw yesterday. Yeah, still slightly above average on our temperatures, but uh, nicer than what we have been. Right now, we have temperatures in much of Nebraska in the low to mid-70s. Some upper 60s still into the northeast part of Nebraska where the cloud cover is lingering. And also some mid and upper 60s on into the Nebraska Panhandle. Otherwise, those temperatures more so in the upper 70s to the low 80s from northeast Colorado down through Imperial and McCook on into much of northern Kansas. Today through tomorrow, mostly dry with temperatures about 5 to 10 degrees warmer than average thanks to a ridge of high pressure building north on the plains. Warmer temperatures in the upper levels going to help put a cap on any thunderstorms from developing. South winds becoming breezy tomorrow with the approach of low pressure. Our next best chance of widespread thunderstorms Thursday into Thursday night. A few of those storms could be strong to severe, but overall not expecting a big severe threat. Thunderstorms expanding in coverage from west to east Thursday into Thursday night with an area of low pressure tracking across the plains. There is the possibility of some locally heavy rain with this system thanks to a plume of moisture from the remnants of a hurricane that's not really grabbing the headlines, and that is Hurricane Nora. Behind that load, temperatures cool to seasonal to slightly cooler than normal for Friday into Labor Day. A few weak disturbances for Friday through Labor Day may result in a few slight chances of thunderstorms, but overall, it will be mainly dry. In the long-term forecast, Nebraska and Kansas temperatures likely to be seasonal to slightly warmer than average for Sunday through September 13th. During early September, our average central Nebraska highs are in the upper 70s to the low 80s. A perfect time of the year. I always like September weather and average overnight lows in the low to mid-50s. I do as well, you know, <laughs> because you get enough of the warm weather and it cools down a little bit where it's still very, very comfortable outside even in the morning and in the evening hours and it's right exactly and that humidity really starts to Correct. disappear yeah yes. and right around 80 and low humidity perfect weather for me early september will be mostly dry in our outlook below normal rainfall is expected for nebraska and kansas sunday through september 13th key weather factors affecting the markets include heavy rain missing the delta the continuation of rain chances across the corn belt and more rain chances expected for south america in the next couple of days flash flooding will remain a threat in the south 
southwest U.S. and in an area from the Tennessee Valley to the mid-Atlantic states. Rain in the four corners in Southern California will be enhanced by leftover tropical moisture from Hurricane Nora. Rainfall could total three to six inches or more along the path of former Hurricane Ida. Five-day rain totals could reach one to three inches across the northern plains and upper Midwest. Late season heat will accompany the dry weather through the week's end in the south central U.S. In the Midwest, with the additional rain chances, there will be some late benefit for filling corn and soybeans and drought reduction, but too much rain possibly leading to impacts on harvest. The northern plains rain will result in only minor benefits to filling corn and soybeans. Bands of rain from Ida have been lackluster across the delta, staying mainly off to the east with anything heavy. Favorable news with some drier weather on the way. South Brazil's weather will remain active with more rain chances into next week. A benefit for developing to reproductive winter wheat and recharging some soil moisture for spring planting that's just a few weeks away. Argentina that's been dry with mostly below normal soil moisture. We'll see some needed rain. The rains, though, may not be widespread, and more is needed. All right, so some rain certainly in the near future. As you mentioned a moment ago, there are areas that have been dry and do need some rain. Some areas, though, saying enough already. <laughs> exactly, because, well, in eastern Nebraska and the latest regional drought monitor, no dryness concerns there, mm-hmm. but as you go into the west and mm-hmm. central, a lot of locations have normally dry to a moderate drought, so a little bit of a drink of water probably in line. Okay, well, maybe in the near future, sounds like there's a, definitely a possibility. Uh, for a full weather forecast, where can somebody find that? Weather page, krvn.com. Thank you, Paul. Two six three. Yesterday, during Older Nebraskans Day at the State Fair, the discussion, Medicare scams, and how creative these folks are getting. Hi, I'm Susan Littlefield here on the Rural Radio Network. I talked with Alicia Jones. She is director of Nebraska SHIP. That means Senior Health Insurance Program with the Nebraska Department of Insurance. We talked about these scams and the work being done to steal a lot of information. And you're absolutely right. Um, There are so many scams out there, and the Medicare population is one that is really targeted um, by these scam artists. Uh, What we're noticing right now is a lot of the scams are really happening from phone calls. That must be the easiest, quickest, most efficient way for those scam artists to do it. But typically when we hear about someone, you know, giving out a Medicare number or, you know, becoming a victim of fraud, it typically started with a phone call. So a lot of what we're seeing right now uh, has to do with braces, like knee braces, wrist braces, you know, elbow braces, and also genetic testing. Genetic testing is a pretty hot one at the moment. So typically it starts with, hey, someone calls. It's probably a number that you don't know but is semi-familiar, maybe a local number, and you answer it, and that person on the other line is very good at what they do. They typically, you know, ask you questions about does your back hurt, you know, do you have these conditions, and from there they can talk people into giving out their Medicare numbers. It's crazy how easy it can happen, and I know that we had a friend who said they got a phone call and says, this is your doctor's office calling. Never said the name of the doctor. Yep, and that happens all the time. And I would say, you know, when someone does receive a phone call, first thing that I would do is if you don't know that number, do not answer it. Even if it looks like it's a local number, even if it looks maybe a little familiar, don't answer it. 
if that is your doctor's office or if that is someone you want to talk to, absolutely they're going to leave you a message. Scam artists typically do not leave messages. Um, so that's kind of your first clue. If you don't know that number, that is not someone you want to talk to. From there, when you that person gets you on the line, these people are really, really good at what they do. And I think you brought up an excellent example. Um, they know keywords to use to get your trust without actually giving real information. So they'll use kind of vague terms that is something you want to pay attention to. You know, hey, my doctor did call. You also, you know, you always want to talk to your doctor's office. But make sure you're asking questions to verify that that really is your doctor's office. And again, if you are unsure, hang up on them, call your doctor's office and see what they needed. Tell me a little bit about what Nebraska SHIP is all about. Absolutely. So Nebraska SHIP, what we do is we offer free unbiased Medicare education and counseling. Um, so we're here really for people on Medicare to answer any questions they might have about the Medicare process. So maybe that's someone new to Medicare. How do I enroll? Absolutely, we can help you with that. Uh, perhaps it's someone who's already on Medicare and maybe they got a denied claim and they want to know how to work through that process. We also run the Nebraska S&P program, which is specifically to help people uh, prevent and report Medicare fraud. That's my conversation with Alicia Jones. She is director of Nebraska SHIP. You can find out more details at nebraska.doi.gov slash SHIP. I'm Susan Littlefield on the World Radio Network. And this station. It is time for Midday Sports. Jason Jorgensen is joining us once again. And, well, Jason, we're talking Husker football. That's where we're leading things off, even though things aren't going well. Yeah, but... Head coach Scott Frost is asking fans to hang in there, even after the loss to Illinois. Comments came amid speculation that Nebraska's NCAA record 375-game sellout streak will end this week when Fordham visits on Saturday. Well, I hope nobody lost excitement after Saturday. This team has a chance to be really good. I think this team's going to approve a lot to a lot of people. You know, if, if there's still some tickets out there, buy them up and come watch this team. There's a special group of kids with a lot of character, uh, a lot of talent. We can't wait to play in front of the fans, so we need you there. Now, Nebraska has not disclosed how many tickets remain. Tickets are available for as little as $12 on the secondary market. And I can always tell over the years with where we're at with tickets, with how many that have been called in here at the radio station that people have for sale. <laughs> Best fans in America. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a big stack. <laughs> there is already, and they started coming in after Saturday. So yesterday, obviously, and even a little bit last week as well. It's yeah. what I was not expecting. Maybe the sellout streak to end this Saturday, and it still may not. I was expecting maybe down the road eventually. I didn't I'm, think it would be this fast. I'm right there with you. Uh, another Nebraska news: the uh, Nebraska football debuted its alternative uniform uh, for the season in a social media video this morning. Military-inspired uniform will be worn on the September 11th home game against Buffalo, marking the 20th anniversary of the September 11th attacks. Creighton has hired Marcus Blossom away from Holy Cross to be its new athletic director. He was Holy Cross's athletic 
athletic director for two years. That's after five years at Boston College as senior associate athletic director for business administration. He follows Bruce Rasmussen, who was forced out in July after he and the school were sanctioned by the NCAA for a former assistant coach accepting a bribe from a management agency that Rasmussen tried to help cover up. Holiday Hoops Giving at ESPN have announced the start time to TV info for the Holiday Hoops Giving games in Atlanta on Saturday, December 11th. Huskers will take on Auburn in the first game of the day. That'll be an early one, mm-hmm. 10.30 tip-off. You can watch it on ESPN2. We'll have it here on 880 KRVN. Salvador Perez is homered in five straight games, matching the team record set by Mike Sweeney back in 2002. See if he can keep it going tonight against Cleveland. Yesterday, he was named the American League Player of the Week well-deserved. He's been on a tear. This is two straight sportscasts that we've had uh, Salvador Perez featured. Yep. Uh, Career-high 38 home runs this year, tied with Toronto's Vladimir Guerrero Jr. for second in the majors. And the Cardinals are steadily surging, Mm. making a late-season playoff push. They're now within two and a half games of the Reds for the second NL wildcard spot after they beat Cincinnati last night. We will have high school volleyball action tonight over on Kimmy Country. Tyler will have the call as Lexington takes on Cozette. You can also listen to that game, krvn.com. Should be a fun match. Uh, like I said earlier, it's going to be a busy, busy week for Husker or and Lopers and high school stuff. We're now right in the middle of everything. Yeah, we already are in mid-season form. Yeah. Let's, yeah. <laughs> we have a lot going on. Yeah, all right. Thank you. Mm-hmm. This is Greg Sharp. Nebraska football welcomes back a sea of red to Memorial Stadium for its home opener this Saturday against Fordham. Catch the game on your 50,000-watt voice of Nebraska football, KRVN. Time for Midday News. News Director Dave Schroeder is now joining us, and uh, we're talking about legislative redistricting here in Nebraska, correct? Absolutely. Ahead of the full legislature convening later this month Mm. to uh, lay out the redistricting plan, a legislative committee is meeting uh, for its initial efforts. That's the first step in uh, this process is Mm -hmm. go to a committee, they approve it, and then it goes to the full legislature. Well, the legislative committee uh, is uh, redoing, reviewing its efforts to redraw the state's political boundaries, and the early signs from it is showing an urban-rural divide, as some lawmakers questioned whether rural population declines were as severe as the census numbers show. Now, data presented to the committee confirms that legislative districts in rural western Nebraska all lost residents. Suburban Omaha and Lincoln posted big gains, one district in the remote Nebraska panhandle lost 15.5% of its population from 2010 to 2020. And a fast-developing Omaha-area district gained 30, 31%. Republicans in that nonpartisan legislature are striving to maintain GOP dominance, while Democrats are looking for any edge that they can find. 
Now, Dave, what? How often do they do this redistricting? Is every it just ten years, when the census comes out. Yep, okay. absolutely. Yep, every ten right. years. Yes, absolutely. Well, the family of Nebraska Marine, who was among those thirteen U.S. service members killed in a suicide bombing attack at the Kabul airport, say they've been overwhelmed with support ever since the twenty-three-year-old's death last week. Corporal Dagan William Tyler Page served in the Second Battalion, First Marine Regiment, based at Camp Pendleton, California. The family said that they've been truly moved by the selfless generosity of the countless friends who have showed up at their houses armed with hugs and food and flowers. In Kansas news, a new state audit found that a few projects financed with star bonds are meeting requirements for bringing visitors and money into Kansas. The audit from the Kansas legislature's auditing arm was released this week. They found that only three of the 16 attractions they reviewed met tourism goals by bringing in a significant percentage of visitors from other states. Star bonds allow municipalities to issue bonds to finance major developments which are paid through sales tax revenue generated by the project. Among the projects not meeting the benchmarks is the Kansas Speedway in Kansas City, Kansas, including the Stalker Stadium, a strip mall, water park, and a business complex that surrounds it. And a former executive with an advocacy group for those with Down syndrome has launched a campaign for Kansas State Treasurer. Sarah Hart Weir said to supporters that she plans to bring a conservative outsider approach to problem solving. Reporting on the Rural Radio Network, I'm Dave Schroer. Nebraska State Fair continues in Grand Island. Congressman Adrian Smith stopped by our booth. Hi, I'm Susan Littlefield on the Rural Radio Network. He and I sat down to talk about everything from agriculture to economics in Washington, D.C. Great time for you to get out and look a little bit more of Nebraska agriculture. Absolutely. It's great to see people out and about. Uh, it's been a rough year and a half, make no mistake. And uh, this is a great way to kind of celebrate some things reopening, and hopefully uh, we can expand on this. Let's talk a little bit about what's been happening in Washington, D.C., and the effects that you're seeing on the agricultural industry. Well, you know, the supply chains, the labor shortages, threats of higher taxes, uh, these are very serious issues. Uh, Nebraskans are weighing in, and I'm glad they are. It, it helps me formulate uh, the message of sharing with my colleagues. And so we'll be entering a huge markup in, in committee uh, next week. Uh, it's, it's, it's big time uh, issues and these, these tax money grabs uh, across rural America that uh, the president and the, the new administration wants to impose. I think will be bad for our economy, but more specifically bad for agriculture. Many folks are worried about what's going to happen as we move forward. They know that there was those in- incentive COVID payments of last year, which for many was a, was an instant bailout for some of these agricultural operations that were affected by COVID. Now we're into new year and and those funds aren't available. So they're having to find new avenues to help make up for that lost revenue that they've had. Right. There's been some stress, you know, and and I'm very concerned about the fact that, you know, uh, for, for how long now we've had consumers paying more for their beef and producers receiving less. This is not a sustainable scenario. And so we formed a working group to, to really uh, look at what is most appropriate uh, at, at the federal level. I, I don't want to act in a way that could really backfire. <laughs> That's, uh, there's huge risk of that. Uh, but 
We know that the current situation is not sustainable, uh, and we want uh, producers to have more options and, and places to sell their product. And I find it interesting as, as you guys started to work on that as a committee within the House, suddenly it got the attention of a variety of different agricultural groups. Absolutely, and, and you know, ultimately, you know, it's about the consumer. And when consumers do well, producers can do well uh, also. And so when consumers are, are seeing you know, the inflationary pressures across the board, not to mention the higher prices for beef at the meat counter, uh, these are concerns. We don't want to lose the market share uh, with, with beef. And, and, and so uh, there's, there's a lot that, uh, that we're working on right now, and this is one of those things that's uh, high on the priority list. I know you guys have worked hard on USMCA, and now there's there's issue because of COVID. Well, yeah, USMCA, and now Mexico wanting to keep our corn out. Uh, that's <laughs> that was not a part of the deal, and so uh, we, you know, there's an enforcement process, a, a uh, an appeals process. So unfortunately, we'll have to engage in that, and to ultimately uh, prove that uh, our corn is good, it's safe, it's plentiful, it's high quality, it it is accessible. And ultimately, I'm, I'm going to guess that the consumers in Mexico are, are anxious uh, and, uh, to, cons- to buy our product as well, knowing that it's what they've, they've needed and wanted for some time now. Uh, we shouldn't see some unnecessary, politically motivated regulations stand in the way. But you get a chance to really sit down with constituents and find out what's on their mind, both agriculture and non-agriculture. And I'm sure issues, like you mentioned, taxes and, and health insurance are, are some of the things that are on the front of their list. But is there others that they're bringing to the forefront to you? Well, the other night I hosted a telephone town hall meeting, as I often do. And, you know, when it comes to tax policy, when we talk about the stepped-up basis, for example, that's in the weeds a little bit. But let me tell you, Nebraskans are tuned in on this. They've done the math. And this, this is called high-stakes taxation. And it's truly a money grab by Washington. And it tends to impact agriculture the hardest because that's traditionally the family-owned structure mm-hmm. that so many operations have. And, but this extends also to small manufacturing companies that happen to be family-owned. We have a lot of those across Nebraska. And we should celebrate that. We should not damage them with this, uh, I think, an extremist agenda in Washington right now that, that demonizes uh, an otherwise uh, successful operation. Let, let's do what we can to provide opportunity for everyone. I, I think that's what we need to focus on rather than trying to pick an outcome for this company or that company or this family or that family. You know, Congressman, during, during the Nebraska State Fair, I've had a few people come up and say, can I share my thoughts on 30 by 30? Right, exactly. And I, I read through the executive order uh, a few days ago that contains 30 by 30. Actually, 30 by 30 is, is one section of a much larger list of priorities that the president signed. Now, it's not just the president saying, well, it's a priority to address climate change. This is a very prescriptive um, assignments of the whole cabinet actually it is very interesting reading through this and it, and it is so clear that this high priority is so specific you know, it causes me concern that you know they're focusing more on this climate change stuff than actually keeping America safe or keeping Americans safe in other countries or getting the Americans out of Afghanistan uh, before we draw down the military resources. That's my conversation with Congressman Adrian Smith as he stopped by to see us at the Nebraska State Fair. I'm Susan Littlefield on the Rural Radio Network.
Stocks are a little bit lower in quiet trading a day after the S&P 500 and the Nasdaq hit their latest record highs. With the Business Report, I'm Bob Brogan. The S&P 500 fell two-tenths of a percent. The Dow Jones Industrial Industrial Average was down one-tenth of a percent, and the Nasdaq was down three-tenths of a percent. And all three are on pace to close solidly higher for August. Energy prices declined as concerns about energy infrastructure damage from Hurricane Ida appeared to be unwarranted. U.S. consumer confidence fell in August to the lowest level since February amid rising concerns about the rapidly spreading Delta variant of the coronavirus and worries about higher inflation. The conference board reports that its consumer confidence index dropped to a reading of 113.8 in August, down from a revised 125.1 in July. The conference board said the concerns about the resurgence in COVID cases, as well as worries about rising gas and food prices, had contributed to the drop. U.S. home prices jumped by a record amount in June as home buyers competed for a limited supply of available of available houses. The latest evidence that the housing market remains red hot. The S&P CoreLogic Case-Shiller 20-City Home Price Index jumped 19.1% in June. Compared with a year earlier, the largest increase on records dating back to 2000. Johnson & Johnson says its potential HIV vaccine did not provide protection against the virus in a study of young women in sub-Saharan Africa. J&J plans to end that study, but researchers will continue a separate late-stage trial involving a different composition of the vaccine in men and transgender people. For the Rural Radio Network, I'm Bob Rosset. Cattle producers have been venturing into the retail end of the business with selling processed cuts directly to the consumer. The Goodmanson Sandhills Laboratory 22nd Annual Open House on August 25th held a panel discussion on direct marketing, which included Dan and Clarissa Feldman, owners of Setting D Ranch in Litchfield. Clarissa tells us more on the ranch. We run Angus and Hereford cross cattle, as well as Berkshire Hampshire hogs. Uh, it's a third generation ranch from Dan's side of the family. Um, I joined in and that's actually when the Hereford showed up. So I like to share that little tidbit because it was all Angus operation prior. And we have been back for probably three years now taking over. Um, Dan's parents are slowly getting out of it. And we've always done the, you know, the regular ranching, take to the sale barn, wean the calves and sell by the carcass to customers if they like. And it's been three years now that we opened up the business of offering frozen cuts of our beef and pork to the public as well. With last year's pandemic, Clarissa says they couldn't go out like they usually do. This year, this year, we've been going to the farmer's markets, especially in the Kearney area, and introducing people back to what it's like to, you know, instead of going to the store, get more of a local raised product. Um, they got to get used to kind of how it's cut. You know, we use a local processor that's USDA inspected, and they're going to cut the steaks until they run out. They're not going to take that smaller steak and put it into the grind. So some people might get a regular size steak and a smaller steak. You know, we run into that with our sirloins, how they cut it sometimes. So it's just been a lot of consumer education there too. Dan says there are a lot of people trying direct marketing. One of our main deals and something I want to get across to people is, is selling's easy. It's the education part that's hard. Uh, we've got to educate consumers. Um, it's kind of been an eye-opening experience for me how disconnected people are to where their food comes from, don't understand things. Um, 
we talk to people who think every animal gets three or four shots of antibiotics and and all this stuff implants are terrible for you and and we most of our job has been educating and just educating people where stuff comes from and how we run our business to to be sustainable for our ground and our business uh, it's a balancing act all the time and and so education's been huge for us the cattle industry has been educating the public on its product for years, but the consumer is still hesitant. Dan says antibiotics is still a big question. Like I said, people we've talked to people who think that everything is fed or given a shot every couple of days or, you know, and so we that's been the other one. And the other the last one is uh, implants and, and hormone use. Um, I like to share with them the, the picture that uh, Nebraska cattlemen put together of of, you know, how many. Uh, nanograms of, of uh, estrogen are in, in an implanted steer versus a non-implanted steer. It's only a difference of a couple nanograms. And you show that to people and it kind of makes a switch go off in their head and they, they realize that, oh, that isn't as big of a deal as I thought it was. Implanting a steer can save water and feed for the producer and environment. With the current dry conditions, Dan says it can be helpful. We're actually sitting pretty good. We we got just enough rain where we're at to, to sit through our... Uh, our pastures look good, and then we have a lot of irrigated feed, um, so I guess droughts don't really affect us as much as, as it does some people. Uh, we're sitting pretty good on feed this year, but uh, we did implant all of our calves this, at branding this year um, just because we knew we were going to be a little short on grass, and they've done pretty good, and that's, that's helped us out on our sustainability and, and our profit margins also. The Feldman's Ranch is located in Litchfield, Nebraska. To learn more, visit their webpage at at settingdranch.com. Reporting for the Rural Radio Network, I'm Chabella Guzman. Highway use. Play Patton on the Rural Radio Network as we would be talking now with uh, John Payne, Senior Marketing Analyst, Daniel Zag Marketing in Chicago, and uh, Bryant Daily Writer of the Daily Newsletter this week in Grain. And the, unfortunately, though, John not available this afternoon. Again, traveling to multiple conferences here towards the end of the summer and uh, hit and miss when some of his availabilities. On the day, though, a really risk-off sentiment shapes up across the entire market. Now, we did find by the settlement time some light buying in the deferred Chicago wheat, both March and May of 22, both in a quarter to two and a quarter higher. We also saw a three and a quarter higher in the July new crop 2022 Kansas City wheat. So there was some light buying out there in the deferred contracts, likely continue to show as more of a macro market influence push, given the fact we are at the end of the month uh, as traders trying to roll positions, move uh, money back around, trying to size up where they want to be. They're trying to take more maybe a broad look approach right now, what's happening in the market. We saw the U.S. dollar start to firm here towards the day session, but down another four ticks as we go into the afternoon. The equities also circling near all-time highs, but not really wanting to push lower nor push higher. More of a choppy-type market they're setting up into as well. We get down to crop progress conditions yesterday. Still see that full report at, K- at RollRadioNetwork.com, where you can check out the Kappa Ethanol Crop Progress Report. But there, corn and soybeans remain unchanged week to week. No big surprises coming there. Did see Illinois see a little bit of a tick up while well, we saw states like uh, can Nebraska stayed relatively the same. Corn and soybeans. Kansas, though, seeing a decent drop for both corn and soybean condition ratings as well. So that kind of helped to offset everything. We have USDA putting boots to the ground right now as they come into their September report. Now, typically August was that first one with boots on the ground data. However, that has since went by and now it's now September when we see the first glimpse of this type of data. But there's a lot of question is just what will this crop in? We're still walking a very fine line of trying to meet this strong demand that we've seen really rise up here over the last couple 
after the, over the last 12 months, given the fact that South America had a short crop, the U.S. kind of on track needing to have at least a trend line yield type crop to at least meet the current demand. And that still is supporting the r- stronger price levels that we're at right now. Where is it, though, and what can happen? As uh, Arlen Suderman pointed out in his morning newsletter, the fact that uh, some inches of rain right now, though, in those final production stages uh, can still influence this crop, not in such a way as it did maybe 30 days ago, 45 days ago, but still can have some minor influences. But when you put it over the millions of acres planted to row crops in the U.S., that can start to have more of a significant impact. So today's action, yes, in the negative, but still a couple days left in this week to trade starting out a new month tomorrow. Maybe we can see some elasticity as we come back around trying to move this market once again higher back to more supportive type deal where the fundamentals still seem to be here trying to give more market support to the market. Thank you, Clay. That'll wrap up midday here on this Tuesday. For the Midday Podcast, sponsored by Devaney Motors, you can find it wherever podcasts are available or krvn.com.